innovation. It's important to change healthcare, but is there an innovator in everyone? Welcome to a focus on the future of medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Philip Newbold, who's the president and CEO of Memorial Hospital and Health System in South Bend, Indiana. In his role operating this mid-sized health system, Mr. Newbold is credited with changing the corporate culture at Memorial, forging alliances with a long list of companies from Walmart to Whirlpool, entities that are often not top priorities for linkages negotiated by hospital executives. Among Newbold's other projects include HealthWorks Kids Museum and the Innovation Cafe, an on-site deli converted into a unique teaching lab for hospital staffers outside visitors to learn how to use innovation to revitalize their daily work. Phil Newbold, welcome to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Bruce, it's great to be here, and I'm excited about the topic of innovation. Yes, so tell innovation. It's important to change healthcare, but is there an innovator in everyone? Welcome to a focus on the future of medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Philip Newbold, who's the president and CEO of Memorial Hospital and Health System in South Bend, Indiana. In his role operating this mid-sized health system, Mr. Newbold is credited with changing the corporate culture at Memorial, forging alliances with a long list of companies from Walmart to Whirlpool, entities that are often not top priorities for linkages negotiated by hospital executives. Among Newbold's other projects include HealthWorks Kids Museum and the Innovation Cafe, an on-site deli converted into a unique teaching lab for hospital staffers outside visitors to learn how to use innovation to revitalize their daily work. Phil Newbold, welcome to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Bruce, it's great to be here, and I'm excited about the topic of innovation. Yes, so tell us, you know, I find it interesting, you you have these linkages, a lot of people think of hospital CEOs pretty much worried about the health insurance companies, the patients, and their doctors, but you guys are reaching out into a bunch of new ideas, and you're going to tell us a little bit about this, and how there is indeed an innovator in everyone. Well, let's face it, a lot of people don't think there's always innovation in healthcare. Well, that's absolutely right, because we haven't really formalized innovation, and we haven't really invested in it like almost every place else in America. And the good news is everybody can get better in innovation. It's not something you're born with. Some people are obviously better than others at it, but everybody can get better if they have some training, if they have some skill sets that get worked on a little bit over the weeks and months and years, and if they have methodologies and tools that they can rely on. So there's never been a better time than right now to engage uh, our workforce and all of management at every level in the whole discipline of innovation. And that's exciting, and it's also a little bit daunting and scary for people who don't think they're particularly creative or they're particularly imaginative. Well, and you bring up an interesting point because, you know, we're in the throes of a a recession, and some people think it might even be worse or get worse. So how do you prepare? I mean, how do you discover these innovation capabilities personally and and for your company? Well, I'll go back to something that somebody taught me from Chicago, Larry Keeley from an organization called Doblin. He always says innovation is about the three C's. And I'll cover those individually and then talk a little bit about some examples. The first C is competency. Innovation is really a competency. It's something that you can learn and need to learn. 
And that means that you have to go to some classes or school and so on. We have at Memorial what we call a WOW Wizard School. It's a four-hour class on introduction to innovation and become a little bit familiar with the tools and why it's important and so on. And we actually use the methodology from the Tom Peters group called WOW Projects. And there's a book that supports all of this and so on. But that's an important skill set that is really, really key. And if people think about innovation as a competency, then they begin to think about it just like they do quality or customer service or finances. There's something to read. There's a body of literature. There's some tools and so on that are needed. And so that's the first C is this competency piece. The second C is culture the way we do things around here. And innovation works best in an innovative kind of culture where there's some risk-taking, people dial up the clock speed of the organization to do things a little quicker, experiment, prototype, and so on. And so the whole idea of having a more innovative culture where ideas are valued, and instead of being shot down and, oh, gosh, we tried that last year, it didn't work, and so on, ideas are valued and people encourage folks to get into project teams and to get their projects rolling and put teams and prototypes together and that sort of thing, that's really important to change the culture. And the last C, the third C, is courage. And I think that's really what you put your finger on. This is a tough time right now, economically and financially, for a lot of organizations. It takes a lot of courage to hang on to the good people that you think are going to lead the innovation efforts, to hang on to a budget that's suspect because things like innovation seem soft and risky and so on, and we don't really see the benefits of those quite the same way we do maybe some other project priorities. And it takes a lot of courage to make sure that this weathers the storm and that we have some momentum, we have some good ideas as we come out the other side that can be quickly implemented and grow new products, new services, new business models. Could you give us some examples in healthcare of some things that you have done and perhaps involved your medical staff in creating some innovation at Memorial or perhaps some other organizations that have have used something that maybe our listeners could adapt in their communities or uh, at their hospitals and even physician groups? Sure. About three and a half years ago, we had a group of folks that had gone through one of our WOW Wizard schools that heard about this radical new approach of having urgent care centers inside retail settings. And they actually heard about one that was in a retail setting in the Twin Cities up in Minneapolis. And it wasn't even staffed by a physician. It was a nurse practitioner. Well, is, the, instead, is this beyond the retail clinic concept? Yeah, this is the retail clinic mm-hmm. concept, but this is the first one in America that's set up. So instead of just wondering about it, they jumped on an airplane, went up, mystery shopped it, went through the whole experience, came back and said, that's a great idea, but a horrible experience. We can do better. They used the tools of innovation because they'd been through WOW Wizard School and so on. And we went down then to Bentonville, Arkansas and made the pitch using the tools and so on. And Walmart liked it, spent two and a half hours with us with four very senior people. And we opened up the first one and two urgent care centers in Walmarts in the United States, here in South Bend and in Valparaiso, Indiana. So those are examples where you can hear about somebody else's good idea, but just improve upon it. And of course, we took clinicians with us because the medical staff's very interested in what's going to happen with all of those people with upper respiratory infections are going to be seeing nurses 
not doctors and so on. But once they saw the whole concept, because they went on a site visit and they actually saw the results, they were much, much more accepting, much more comfortable. And that's how you engage clinicians is, is on these site visits and then have them involved in the design of the urgent care centers. And we have many of them, not only in Walmarts, but also in regional grocery store chains around South Bend and other places. So that's a good way, I think, to break down any barriers and to get clinical folks very involved in the innovation process. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD, and it's a special focus on the future of medicine on this network, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and I'm talking today with Phil Newbold, who is the president and CEO of Memorial healthcare system in South Bend, Indiana, and he's brought a culture of innovation to his organization. And we were just talking about how Memorial started one of the first urgent care centers that are now proliferated across this country. I write a lot about this because Walgreens is based in the backyard of Chicago here, and there's over a thousand of these. And so you said, which is interesting, is that you got the physicians involved because there's some physicians that feel threatened by these urgent care centers. So that seems to be a key to get the physicians involved in your innovative efforts there. And the way you do that, of course, is through site visits and getting involved that way, but also to see that if they get out ahead of some of these trends and get to steer it the way they think makes the most sense, they're much more likely to be in control and see the benefits than just being on in a reactionary stance, you know, with your, you know, back on your heels waiting for things to happen one place or another. And, you know, urgent care is about, no, about 30 years old or so, and here's this new wave without physicians. Think ahead 10, 15 years from now, what's going to be the wave that replaces the nurse practitioners in retail settings? Will there be some other type of practitioner in some other settings? And so we're always going to see these changes. And if you can get your medical staff out ahead of that to see and participate in them, they're much more likely to be supportive and help grow it in some new ways than just to be in a reactionary mode. Yeah, that's a great example. Are there are there others as well that you're working on or, or that you have done or seen elsewhere? Well, certainly everybody now is thinking about how do we create better experiences in our organization? And one of those has to do with safety. Are you the safest hospital in your community or in your region or in your state? And safety turns out to be a big deal as well. And there have been organizations that have been leaders in safety for decades. And so we need to go spend time with the DuPonts and Alcoas and an organization called BST and so on. These are really very, very good organizations. And so we need to go take those lessons learned, and they may come from nuclear power, they may come from airlines, they may come from chemical and automotive, and bring those into healthcare, modify them to fit, certainly, but to create much safer organizations. And again, that's more innovative and creative than just trying to sit back and defend the way we, we do things. And so that, we think, is the next big wave that's going to hit are, are the big safety initiatives that crop up. And the more creative, the more innovative, the more they create a better patient and healing experience, then I think those are going to be very, very well embraced, not only by the clinicians, but the patients, the visitors, their family and loved ones alike. So creating exceptional experiences that are very, very safe 
I think is going to be one of those next big frontiers most every hospital in America will be after. And what would you do if you're a listener, either a consumer or a physician, and you had an innovative idea? What would you have them do in their organization? Well, uh, number one, I would try to find a methodology that I could fit in. If I have an idea, there are some steps that you should go through to prototype, to develop it, to put a team around it, and so on. That's the discipline and the methodology that surrounds innovation. I would line up some champions or sponsors, could be C-suite people, could be other members of the medical staff, or even a board member. And so you have a lot of support for this idea. And then I'd move it through that with some resources, and I would do it in such a way that I minimize the risk. That's what rapid prototyping does. And I'd get through the various stages, and if it continues to look better and better and better, it will earn a lot of resources and support within the organization. But you got to get it into a methodology that enables you to make it more successful and have a greater likelihood that it's going to actually work in the real world. And where do you see this headed, you know, in an era where, you know, reimbursement may be getting cut from economic downturn? You know, hopefully Congress would pass health care reform and, and there would be more money to go around, but we never know where that's going to head. What would you do if you were a physician or a healthcare professional in this climate relative to innovation? Would you think small and ideas that don't cost anything or would you, what would you do? Well, if you look at who's going to be successful for whatever happens in Washington or in our state capitals, it's those organizations that excel in three areas. Number one, world-class quality. Number two, astonishing customer service and experiences. And number three, an innovation pipeline that's full of new ideas, new models, and so on. So I would make sure that we had as much investment in quality as we do in customer service, as well as we do in innovation. Those three need to move in tandem and work with each other But I would focus those efforts around quality and safety, meaning better outcomes and more safer environments, around better patient experiences. And I really would up my investment in innovation as a way to reimagine whatever happens down the road to regulation, changes in Washington, policy, payment schemes, and whatever. If things change a lot, those that are more innovative, creative are going to do better, whatever the system is. And that's really what you have to bank on. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Phil Newbold, who's been our guest. He's the president and chief executive officer of Memorial Hospital and Health System. He's joined us from his offices in South Bend, Indiana. I'm Bruce Japson with the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to a special focus on the future of medicine on ReachMD. XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library, including this show, through on-demand podcasts. Or also call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. That's 888-639-6157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.